0: Hi, welcome to the What If Podcast. Your host tonight got me Spank a man and then uh, <laughs> Ryan Crapper Thapp. <us. laughs> Enjoy.
1: <laughs> Hi, buddies. Hey, buddy. Buddy singular and buddies plural. All oh, y'all. All
2: aboard. Our collective buddies. How are you, friend? You know what, bro? I'm pretty good. Excellent. How are you? Great. Sick, it's lit.
1: My day has been made. There's a new Great British Bake Off to be watched on Netflix. Oh, buddy. Watched episode one last night. They're doing it weekly, though. Um,
2: Which is probably like healthier for me, honestly. For there not to be more than that? Yeah. Oh, you, you're saying if you had gotten 30 episodes dumped on you, you would have not shaved or eaten or gone to the bathroom. Made this podcast or, you know, any others for a few weeks. Spencer just emerges on October 8th Yeah. In his own filth. Yeah. (laughs) In a robe. Just mumble. I've been baked. (laughs) I'm fully baked.
1: Just mumbling about marzipan.
2: (laughs) I gotta uh, I gotta make the crisp. Genoese. The the whip's gonna (laughs) break if i was oh only speaking with goofy ass british uh <laughs> slang is there good british slang on oh, there? Oh yeah mm, i'm sure there bits is and bobs and bits and bobs uh-huh. they put a lot of raisins and stuff i feel like the dried red- fruit was was present in episode yeah. one yeah well, I, that sounds like something the brits would do yep. is put dried yep. fruit in their sweets they
1: do some uh you know some worldly bakes too though some worldly bakes but they also say make, more about this they,
2: worldly bake
1: concept. you know they'll get crazy and make like a uh what's the the turkish one with the layers and the honey
2: um maybe it's not turkish i was just gonna say baklava yeah i think that's greek but that one too it might be turkish <laughs> it's, you know over there i thought it was greek That part of the world i'm not gonna assign that to anyone they'll do some american things and like put twice as much sugar in it They'll do some American thing, things where they're like, all right, guys, we're going to puree 30 pounds of Kit Kats, yeah. we're going to shove them inside <laughs> of the biggest Twinkie the world's ever seen, and then put it in your butt. It's yeah. the Great American Bake Off. we put stuff in our butts over here? I mean, it's just I one mean, of like, those, like...
1: More than other countries? I'm, 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 I'm sure we put stuff in our butts, but, like, it's the, is, that a, is that known to be an American thing?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking of, you know, how how can you... Um, how can you, you know, put some more stuff in your butt. Ingest. Brian's uh, usually
1: thinking about how to put more stuff in your butt.
2: No, it was more just, it was more his. like Americans. Wait, what? Oh, no. Brian <laughs> uh, just wants more stuff in everyone's butt. Look, Americans <laughs> use uh, just whatever the most, like, vicious mechanism is. So vicious. So vicious. It's like, oh, can we fry chicken and make it? A taco shell because we're just complete and utter dickheads, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. of course someone's going to butt chug a DQ Blizzard. <laughs> like, that's for sure a thing that's going to happen in America.
1: Uh, is it more uh, more effective? What's, I'm the, maybe that's not the right word. Yeah. Well, what are the advantages of butt chugging ice cream?
2: Well, the way I understand the concept of butt <laughs> chugging as a whole, which is, for the record, not something I've ever participated in. Sure. Is that your, your, uh, you bypass the stomach that breaks stuff down. So you get it in your, like,
1: no, no, I understand the principle. I'm wondering how that principle applies
2: to ice cream. Oh, cause the sugar goes directly into mm. your receiving receptors. Receiving if I don't, receptors. If
1: I don't, All right, spend a good night, everybody. <laughs> if I don't tolerate dairy well, is that a, is that a viable alternative for
2: me? Brb, I'm gonna go run into traffic. Um, yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the solution to those of us with uh, lactose issues. Great. Anyway, hi,
1: hi. It's a podcast about ghosts and uh, weird stuff. Yeah,
2: Dog's Ghost Blog coming at your earballs. This
1: week it's about the Simpsons because
2: we're fuck with us we're grown now we do what we want it's, I'm 18 I do what I want <laughs> did I ever tell that story on the show about when I I just started using that phrase to my mom uh
1: no but I was also wondering if I'd ever told the so vicious story and maybe we just need a quick story time
2: have you ever told the so vicious story I'm not story? sure do it quick alright story time was Benny and Ryan
1: oh I'm going first yeah do it okay uh this is a a, a teacher a, a Mr. Spencer story if you will from my teaching days Mr. Davis yeah, it depended on what school I was at and you how know. old the kids were and how well they could handle hyphenated last names. Um, we were on a – So I, for a while I worked with kids with autism between the ages of 18 and 21 uh, who were like in a transitional – you're technically done with high school but still entitled to special education for another three years so we're going we're to teach you life skills type of program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one day we were we were like volunteering – with a group of the kids cleaning up some park and it was springtime and it just rained a bunch and it was real warm out. And this park that we were at was in this little like bowl. So it was like the whole park was below street level. You had to like walk down this hill to get to it. So it was very Next to a bunch of woods. I'm assuming. No, it was just full of mosquitoes because it was springtime in Minnesota in a low wet area. Goo. Yeah. And, one of the kids was convinced that this was like reckless and extremely dangerous for us to all be hanging out around these mosquitoes. And like something horrible was going to happen if we got stung by mosquitoes. Yep. I don't know if he was on like a, a West Nile TV news kick or something or, yeah, or yeah, where, yeah. what he had heard and where, but he was like, no, we, what are you guys doing? This is terrible. We shouldn't do this. Are you crazy?
2: Yeah, like why? Like why would we enter ourselves into this toxic dungeon?
1: Yeah, and so we we were trying to convince him, like you know, we've got some bug spray. Like you're, if gonna, we, you're gonna be all right if we do get stung. Yeah, it sucks, but like we're gonna be okay.
2: I like calling them mosquito, mosquito stings. Bit? What? I, don't they sting people? Mosquito? What? Do you, don't you call them mosquito bites? Yeah, I guess you're right. Because they don't have a stinger. They got a. But mouth. they also don't bite you. Let's not talk about
1: science. (laughs) (laughs) So, we convinced him, like, it's going to be all right. It may be uncomfortable, but like, we're all going to live. And we get down there, and every time he sees a mosquito, he's like ducking and covering his head. Just
2: karate chopping the air.
1: Yeah. And it became my job to be like, all right, I'm just going to deal with this one dude and like try and have him like survive this next hour or so, ease his afternoon a little bit. and at one point he had like kinda calmed down and was just standing next to me, not really doing anything or helping, but like he wasn't keeping the rest of us from doing anything at least. So sure. I was like, all right, this is this is dealt with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hear <laughs> this him, will suffice. I hear him standing next to me just whispering, so vicious. <laughs> 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 looking at the mosquitoes flying around. And whenever he would see one, he'd be like,
2: so vicious. <laughs> 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 just
1: at the mos- at the sight of a mosquito yes dude so now anything anytime anything is uh, violent or vicious or aggressive or scary mm-hmm. it's so vicious but you have to whisper it so vicious, <laughs> so vicious. anyway well, what's this about you telling your parents to fuck off
2: oh uh, no I just uh, I, I don't even remember what it's from I think it's from something but when I turned 18 I would just relentlessly yell I'm 18 I do what I want and my mom how, how did she appreciate that? She would. Or hit, how did she respond? She to would that? hit me, not hit me hard, but like just arm <laughs> just hit me. She beat like, the shit out of me. Actually, no, no, just like she'd be like, "Oh, stop it!" Like hit me in the arm. <laughs> it was just funny because she would. She would be like, she'd be like, "Ryan, can you help me with this thing?" And I'd be like, "I'm 18, Mom. I do what I want." And I would still help her anyway. And this, and but this it was, was happening in her house. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that was. It very, was just funny to very be cute, to yell that at my mom <laughs> anytime she asked me to be helpful or something.
1: Uh, shall we listen to a couple voicemails voicemails? Yeah, buddy. We've okay. got a couple. We do. Let's um, do this thing. Let's start with this one.
0: Hey guys, this is Tanya. So I'm listening to the Patreon episode and I am
1: just. We ended up talking about biblical fan fiction on the last Patreon episode, just oh, for,
2: for context. We did. Yeah, we did do that
0: my 11-year-old from school, and we get in the car, and the first thing we hear is, Uh-oh. and Jesus yells, oh, God, yes, as <laughs> Satan thrusts his arrow-shaped whatever <laughs> into in Jesus' <laughs> anus. And-
1: <laughs> okay, real quick. Wow.
2: I love that she
1: accidentally phone censored herself. I did not bleep that out. She happened to hit a button on her phone right as she was talking about Satan's dick.
2: I, um, wow. You know, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you all. And we've said it multiple times before. I quite literally forget every second of the content we record (laughs) the moment that we record it. Last week was a doozy. So sometimes when we get messages like this,
1: I'm like, Are you sure? Don't worry, I said that one. (laughs) That that wasn't you. Cool. And I was, in my defense, I was reading someone else's work that was not of my
2: creation. That's true. Okay, I forgot about that.
0: I had to pause it because my 11 year old is laughing hysterically. (laughs) So just wanted to say thank you for that. (laughs) And he wants me to leave our number so that.
1: You can call back if you... We're not... Um, sorry. We're not going to call your 11-year-old. Tanya, We've probably uh, done enough damage Oh, by, my gosh. Just by being in the general vicinity of his ears, so...
2: Tanya, if we called your son, it would be like, hi, we're the Uncle Swery Boys, and we would probably just, like, we would poison we would poison him further. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I, well... Sorry mm-hmm. uh, about that one. And uh, if you all want to know more about what Tanya's referring to, it's patreon.com slash Uh It's just five bucks a month, and there's a 100 back episodes there. Plus, you get a second episode of the show every single week at patreon.com slash Podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's another one. Hey, y'all. It's Otilia,
1: and I absolutely adore the show. It helps Aww. work go by way faster. Thank you. Um, and
0: I just have two things to say really one is that i just figured out which of you is which because based on your voices you guys are the exact opposite of how i pictured all the time
1: this is
2: spencer this is ryan okay i'm the tall one
0: looking 100 percent how ryan actually looks and now it's a conscious thing that i think about when i listen and it's weird and i have to go against that because I know what you guys look like now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two,
2: It'll happen. if you've
0: never seen the show Letterkenny, Kenny, uh, you guys need to. Oh, yeah. It's on Hulu. It's Canadian, and I think you guys would love it. Um, if you ever want to talk about how all of downtown San Antonio is haunted uh, because of the Alamo, I'd be here thinking about it when my boyfriend said, that one hotel is haunted. And I said, isn't all of downtown haunted? Uh, you can call me back.
2: Okay. That's a big statement. Was it Ophelia or Othilia? I'm not sure and Google butchered it. So Okay. Hard to say. All right, we're sorry Othelia or Ophelia. Also or Olivia or, or Olivia. Brett. Uh, <laughs> Might have been Brett. Brett, Brett would have been <laughs> real bad. We we're going to have a we're going to have an even bigger problem if the name's Brett. Uh big claim that the entirety of one of the largest cities in mm-hmm. Texas is haunted. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, it, and I'm though, pretty yeah, into yeah. it. Uh
1: Speaking of haunted hotels, did I tell you I got a lead on um, a rooftop hang very near the Cecil Hotel? Oh geez, uh, on Halloween night? Oh geez, in LA?
2: Oh god. Mm-hmm.
1: Technically, <sighs> legally, you're not supposed to go in there. But you know, if we wanted to try some things out,
2: try some things out. Yeah, like get arrested in another yeah, state. I'm more like
1: getting possessed or dead.
2: When you say a rooftop hang, do you mean like we found a way to get a legal roof access that we alone would be doing on our own um, or is there like a, a, uh, a below f- the like a, below f- the surface party happening? A friend who lives very near the
1: Cecil offered to share their space. Okay, you made
2: it sound creepier than the first time.
1: Yeah, uh, well, that was unintentional.
2: I promise. Share their space? Would it
1: invited us over I don't, why is this why is this so confusing
2: <laughs> because because you're saying that this is like you're making it sound like this is an abandoned building that no one can be inside of. no
1: no 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 turns out we know someone who lives near the cecil is that better
2: oh yes and you're saying they offered us to come over to their yeah, yeah, place yeah, yeah, yeah. where we
1: could see the cecil from there uh-huh slash maybe root around if we want to you know do illegal oh.
2: things okay okay yeah you, I was under the impression that the space that was being shared was the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel, no, 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 and no, I no. got very confused. No, no, no. A
1: friend of ours lives in a building with rooftop access that overlooks the Cecil.
2: I see. So we mm-hmm. could rappel downward. <laughs> Perhaps, yes. Onto the Cecil. If you want to pack some ropes. Bump, bump,
1: bump, <laughs> bump, 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 bump.
2: do do The sweary boys. <laughs> Do-do-do. Sweary boys. <laughs> dun it. Yeah. Dude, I'm down. Let's go. Okay. To, let's go to L.A. and get some. Uh, get our Tom Cruise on. Get our Tom Cruise on, dude. Mm. And become Scientologists all at once, <laughs> dude. I uh, I used to uh, I used to live in L.A. For those of you who haven't heard me reference that before, and uh, one time we were shooting a music video out there, which uh consisted of driving around in a convertible and we had mounted multiple cameras to the convertible so that we could like drive around and play the song and rap to it and like it would all be captured from different angles. Damn, who came up with that treatment? That's innovative. You mean like everybody ever? Is that was that the joke? <laughs> that was the joke. Okay, cool. <laughs> um and uh so we were driving around LA and at one point we had to we had to basically pull into Uh, there's like an, it's not an alley, but it's like not really a full street either, but it's behind the church of Scientology in LA Mm. on like the south side of it. Bad place to hang out. Well, and we weren't really hanging out there. We just had to pull in, stop the car and reaffix one of the cameras that had like slightly been jostled while we were driving. Okay. So it was us. And then our like director and producer were in a car and we pull off into this little area and I swear we are in this little back area. Like we're not near an entrance. There's like a gate with a tarp on it. Doesn't matter, bro. We we were there for, I'm not exaggerating, like 180 seconds tops. Like it's 179 too long. Yeah, man. Two minutes, three minutes. This guy in just like puffed up security guy, dude, is just like rolling up on us. And we're like, shit, like, let's just fix this thing out here. What are you guys doing? Nothing, man. We just, we got to fix something. Oh, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, we're just, it's, we're just parked. Like, this is private property. You need to get off it right now. Can you shut the cameras off? Like, we got shut down mega fucking hard by this I mean,
1: to be fair, you probably could have seen that one coming. I mean- You roll up on the Scientology spot with cameras rolling.
2: I literally thought we were going to be there for less than five minutes, and we very much didn't look like we were like, we weren't like holding them up and like looking at stuff. No, they were were just, you know- (laughs) Attached to your vehicle. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying it's like, I can't believe that a Scientology, Church of Scientology security guard rolled up on us. It was more just the speed and aggressiveness with which it happened was uh, impressive.
1: Hey, man. You don't get to maintain one of the world's biggest cults by not paying attention to detail. (laughs) By not beating up people shooting
2: music videos outside of your church. By not constantly doing way too much. (laughs)
1: Uh, you want to talk about The Simpsons for 40 minutes or so? Okay, I'm reloading. Is that, is that a yes? Yep. All right, tight. Yep, it
2: is. It was. It S- still is.
1: So, I think this originally came from a listener's suggestion, but uh, The Simpsons have predicted, I guess is the right word, uh, anticipated, Yeah. Uh, yeah. had their finger on the pulse of a lot of things throughout the years. Yeah. And I thought it'd be fun to run through some of the more uh, intriguing or more dramatic predictions that The Simpsons
2: has made throughout the years. The Simpsons. Shh. What? We can't. We can't do it. I said the Cinnamon Toast Crunch (laughs) is my favorite cereal. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Remix. So you can find a lot of lists
1: on the internet. of 14, 25, 32. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of, uh, made my own list of the ones I thought were most interesting slash most accurate slash, uh, least likely. And the first one I came up with was the Siegfried and Roy tiger attack, mm. which in episode, uh, season five, episode 10 of the Simpsons, which aired originally in 1993. Great episode, by the way, Springfield legalizes gambling and the whole town just goes to shit and Marge becomes addicted to gambling and abandons their family and the family goes to hell and they end up, uh, hiding from the boogeyman behind the dining room
2: table with a shotgun aimed at the front door. It's really, really a classic episode. Fantastic. The episode is called, uh, Springfield with a dollar sign for an S perfect. Uh, Parentheses or how I learned to stop worrying and love legalized gambling. <laughs> Great.
1: So they opened the, uh, the Mr. Burns casino for, of course, for which the logo is Mr. Burns as a mermaid on a, a neon sign out front <laughs> and in the casino, Siegfried and Roy, but not named Siegfried and Roy are doing a routine with their giant white tiger riding a unicycle and the tiger jumps off the unicycle and starts mauling the two of them and like tearing their clothes apart and biting the shit out of them. Yeah. 10 years later, during a show at the MGM in Vegas, Roy Horn was attacked by a seven year old white tiger during their act. What I learned while researching this briefly is that it was also Roy's 59th birthday. So on his birthday, he got attacked by a tiger.
2: Poor guy.
1: The tiger lunged at his neck about halfway through the show and dragged him off the stage. During a live show that was also being filmed. If you are an especially uh, fucked up individual, you can find video of this on the internet still. don't do that. I found it accidentally and did not watch it, but I know that it does exist and is accessible still. Ugh. 16 years later. Gross. A quote from an audience member. He looked like a rag doll in his mouth. Ugh. Said audience member Kirk Basser of Pennsylvania. Brutal, dude. He survived. And, uh, yeah, but isn't he paralyzed? Is he? I, I don't know. I think he's paralyzed forever. Dang, I was trying to make that a little bit lighter, and you, well. Reality ruined that one for us. I got sad. <laughs> but that one, like. Back to cartoons. This, I think this is sort of a good introduction to this whole topic, because it's pretty specific in terms of, like, a specific thing happening to a specific person. Yes. And yet, if you have a bunch of smart people in a room together, you could probably anticipate or at least like have the thought that at some point the guy doing magic tricks with a tiger would get attacked by the tiger.
2: Yeah. And that's what I was just, when you were like a room full of smart people, I was like, I don't, it could be a room full of real dumb people and, and they would all be able to be like, I might not work out so hot one day, you know, (laughs) like,
1: yeah, it's just one that's like, uh, yeah, we probably could have seen that coming, but also they fucking nailed it. And 10 years in advance of it actually happening
2: for sure. Uh, And it's a very
1: specific thing. It's not like a, uh, I don't know. It's not a general, event you know it's like a this specific thing will happen to this specific person in this way
2: yeah that's true I guess I think like the flip side of this coin is like animals attack their trainers and like for sure yeah yeah it's not unprecedented in as a like a general idea all the time right 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 but but also yes like I agree with you it is it is a like, it's not like they got attacked in a practice session or while, you know, yeah. changing the Tigers from pen to pen or whatever. Like, it, it happened in a very specific situation to a very specific individual or set of individuals. Yeah, I, it's interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. Keep, we'll keep going. <laughs> I, have, I have thoughts.
1: All right. Do you, do you have uh, other examples you want to bring up?
2: Uh. Let's go through your
1: list and see okay. if you... Yeah. Uh, the next one I had was... This is a, a much later episode of The Simpsons. This is season 21, which was uh, 2010, episode 12, in which Homer and Marge join the Olymp- U.S. Olympic curling team. Ah, uh, yes. For the 2010 Olympic Games in Vancouver. hmm In that episode, uh, the, the the climax of that episode is the curling U.S. curling team led by Marge and Homer in a thrilling come-from-behind be- come victory defeat Sweden to win the gold medal. Yes. In real life, in 2018, the U.S. Olympic curling team came from behind to beat Sweden for a gold medal. Yes. Which was, I believe, the first time that the U.S. has won gold in curling?
2: Uh, second. Second? Okay. Second, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the second. Okay. I could be wrong. Again, pretty specific. Yeah. Two specific countries could have been a lot of countries in that one sport, two countries, correct victor and correct
1: like general, uh, type of victory. Sure. Which is like, obviously, you know. If you're writing a TV show about a sport, you're probably going to make it dramatic. You're not going to center an episode around a 20 nothing blowout or however curling is scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
2: uh, kind of weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even, like, writing an episode about curling, like, I think they've only done one. It's not like you're writing a bunch of episodes that all revolve around curling and you've covered every possible outcome. You did one, and you fucking nailed it.
2: And within the next two olympics right right which like in the gold medal match could have been a variety of people yeah you know it could have been a ton of different countries that were in yeah I mean you did pick
1: two countries that are generally pretty good at that sport at least it wasn't like you you had Nigeria beating Laos or something sure but
2: yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah (laughs) You
1: don't seem convinced. I want to hear one that you're like excited about.
2: Okay. Because I went over two with you apparently. No, no. I just, I think like, okay, so
1: here's how I feel. I, if you're bummed on this general idea, I'm going to be really irritated. No, no, no. I'm not bummed on the general (laughs) idea. You convinced me to do this. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm not bummed on
2: the general idea. Here's how I feel. I think that what's, what has happened here slightly is there are, it's one of the longest running shows in the history of TV. We're right? on
1: season 30 something. Yeah, There
2: are 662 episodes of the Simpsons. That math works out. Yeah. Season there 32 probably. 14,562 minutes of Simpsons. If you calculate each episode at about 22 minutes. Sure. Which means there's 243 hours of Simpsons episodes, which means that you could sit down and watch a 40 hour works week work weeks worth of Simpsons episodes for six consecutive weeks <laughs> And you would not repeat a single sentence. Sounds like a challenge. So I think when it gets real cold in January, you and I know what we're doing.
1: I've been going through a lot of them in the last year or so since they all became available. And I learned that they were all available. Where are they all available? FXX made them all available. It was probably a few years ago now. But if you have Xfinity slash Comcast slash any cable provider that carries FXX, they're all available on demand. All right. All 600 and whatever of them.
2: All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, I bet a whole bunch of people listening right now are just like sick about to go watch a bunch of Simpsons. Yeah, as you should. Uh, Okay, one that I find uh, particularly strange is uh, in season six, episode 19, there is an episode called uh, Lisa's Wedding. Mm-hmm. And Lisa's wedding is uh, is actually responsible for a handful of things that are considered uh, predictions in the Simpsons world. Is this the time travel one? Yes. Okay. So there is a jump forward into the future where, uh, where Lisa gets married, hence Lisa's wedding. Yeah. And... Because of the time-traveling nature, I guess, Mm -hmm. there are a handful of things that happen in the hypothetical future uh, that people have chalked up to be predictions of the show. One of them that I find actually very interesting is, and it's pretty simple, but there's a moment in London because I believe... Uh, I believe Lisa's husband is British in that episode. I don't remember. I didn't rewatch that one, so I'd be guessing. I actually have a. I I didn't watch it either, but I think it. I think it might be supposed to be Hugh Grant. Okay, I'm not that entirely sure. Seems like a sure. Simpsons move. Um, you said which, which season was this? Season six, episode okay. nineteen. Okay. There's a scene where there's like a biplane. Flying past London Bridge and like tower, or excuse me, past Big Ben, like by the Tower Bridge, mm-hmm. and in the shot there is what appears to be a building, like a sharp pointed building, shooting up into the sky, and that building today is called the Shard. And if you look at pictures of London skyline, it's a thin, tall building that, you know, in, in this shot, it's, um, it's colored like dark, you know, it, it looks like, um, like grayish, but it also appears to be like a gray day in this, in this screen as well. So sure. There's like a, a shadow wish in the background. There so it might be a, uh, darker things are farther away. atmospheric yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there is a real building in London today called the shard that is placed almost exactly in proximity to the tower bridge where this thing is in this shot. Um, but construction on the shard didn't begin until 2009, which was 14 years after this episode came out. And there was not previously any building in its place. And if you know, London in that area, there aren't skyscrapers like there aren't tall buildings in that area the Tower Bridge is and was at the time one of the tallest things in the area so it's a it, it's a really small detail but it's one of those ones where I'm like well what the fuck was that then <laughs> like is
1: it possible that someone who was 15 and 95 and watching the Simpsons was 29 in 2009 and designing buildings and thought it would be funny
2: I mean <laughs> I will say there are some of these that people have been like, the Simpsons predicted the future, but it's like, no, they didn't predict it. They, I think were literally like they literally influenced the future yeah, by stuff they've done on the show because the show is so Simpsons, especially in the nineties was
1: the like height of pop culture, at least with
2: certain age groups, right? Like ours. And I know like, you're joking about like this little blip on the screen being the I mean, invention yes of a 15 no. year old. Yeah.
1: Obviously I don't think that's the likeliest explanation, but like
2: eh. are you, are you familiar with the, uh, with the, well, before I, before I break that, I just find that one interesting because there's no reason for it to be there. If it's trying to be an accurate representation of London, which, and it
1: doesn't, it's not meaningful in any way to the episode, right? It's not, not part of... No, nope, yeah. They don't just reference it. It's passing the just background. It's in
2: passing in the background, and it looks just like the Shard building hit
1: in the background. To be fair, there's very little detail in that frame that you just showed me. Sure. It's just like sort of a rectangle that comes to a point,
2: but... Yes, that's fair, but I just mean like it looks like it in the way that there's no... Um, it's a general placement and general shape. Yeah, like if you look at... You know, if you if you describe this to our listeners, like this thing is flip around, bud. This thing is like, I mean, it's
1: yeah, like it's a it, it's like a, a very thin or very narrow pyramid. So it looks like it has a rectangular base, and then comes to a point. But right. it's uh, you know, like if you squished a pyramid vertically,
2: yeah. But Early- that,
1: however, looks to be like. Made of glass, or um, yeah, but some sort of lighter reflective material. But whereas, in this, it
2: just looks like it just looks like the darker things are further in the back. Maybe, or yeah, it's a darker building. I mean, I'm, sure, it's, you maybe know, it's, it's
1: a still from a '90s cartoon. There's not a whole lot of detail going on in the background of, the, of, a, of the I agree. Shot.
2: I guess the point I'm trying to make, though, is that like. If they were doing an accurate representation of London's skyline... You wouldn't which have put anything there. For all, yeah, yeah, for all intents and purposes, everything else that they did there was accurate. And you yeah. wouldn't have put anything there unless there was something there, but that was 14 years later. So what did they put there, and why did they put it there, and right. why to this day is why, it a relatively accurate representation of the location of the building that is near the Tower Bridge in London? Has anyone asked the arch- architect... If if they're a big Simpsons fan. Uh-huh. I mean... Was it an American company that built it? And just said, LOL. Mm-hmm. LOL, we got them.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to love this shit on comedy podcasts 10 years from right. now. The right.
2: Other, the other pieces of that episode are uh, slightly less enthralling, mostly because, like some people have said, well, in that same futuristic episode, the Simpsons forecasted smartwatches where... Lisa's husband was speaking into his watch and making phone calls with it
1: some of those ones are a little silly to me because like That as a concept has been around long before
2: the Simpsons. That was on the Jetsons Yeah, so was the in the same episode. They and say like, oh they invented FaceTime because Lisa's talking to her mom via TV like that was also on the Jetsons and that was around even
1: before that, that. idea has been around since the 50s as soon as we had Phones and television. Somebody's like, we should put them together. Right, exactly. Like that's not a that's not a new concept. I'm yeah. sure there are many other films and TV shows and books and stuff that have anticipated us having video calling at some point. Like uh, absolutely. It wasn't like Apple blew our minds with that concept. They were just the first ones to execute it well and on the large scale.
2: Right. Now, the flip side of that coin is there is an episode on, uh, season six as well from episode eight, uh, where there's a Palm pilot being used, a PDA being used. Did you see this one come Mm up? Um, it is, hang on, let me pull it up really quick. The episode is called, uh, Lisa on ice and, uh, the the episode info says um, after the Springfield schools institute a new academic alert policy informing parents if their grades are failing Lisa is the last student anyone would expect to merit a warning letter but Homer and Marge are startled to learn Lisa may flunk out of one of her classes to make up for her PE classwork Lisa is told she can join any athletic team but she doesn't seem well suited for any school sports to make the cut uh, in this episode a volleyball hits her on the head and deflates which is a great bit because she's got spiky hair preach. She gets kicked off the volleyball team because she pops the volleyball with her hair. I mean, perfect. You get it. Great bit. It'll ha- it'll happen when you got spiky orange hair. Um, the bullies in their school, Kearney and Dolph, are holding a. I can't remember what they called really it. It's, those guys' names. Yeah, Kearney wow. and Dolph. Um, the the Newton was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah the Newton was the old Apple like PDA system, and. uh Kearney says to Dolph, "Hey, take down a note to beat up uh beat up Martin cuz Martin they were in like a school assembly and Martin says something. I can't remember all the details of the scene. I watched it on YouTube. Martin like Martin says something in class or in this school assembly and they get pissed off and he's like he's like, "Take down a note in your in your uh in your Newton to beat up Martin." And he writes "beat up Martin" on his PDA and it changes to "eat up Martha." Yeah. On the like on the screen, and then Kearney gets pissed, so he takes the PDA and just throws it at uh uh throws it at uh Martin instead. So like, okay, yes, like PDAs were a thing, but like autocorrect was not really a universal concept at the point. So this one is uh,
1: this one shows up on all those lists, and it's like the most explainable one to me of all of them. Mm, tell me. So the Apple Newton was yes. Apple's first attempt at a tablet. Yes. And it was released in... Uh, they started working on 87 or... Yeah. Uh, shipped the first devices in 93 and it was dead by 98. Mm. So this episode came out when? I uh, think so Like 90... Mm, 94. Okay. So... They were referencing an actual product, the Apple Newton, yes. that had been in the market for a year or so. Yes, and and was what, failing,
2: right? Uh,
1: it didn't do very well. No, it was Apple's like first attempt, also at portable computers. So part of the appeal of it was that like it was the first roughly pocket-sized computer in sure, the market. Sure. It was a tablet and it had a stylus with it and you could write onto the screen of the tablet and it would record what you had written as a text file. Mm. So it would translate your handwriting to a text file. Part of the reason it failed is because it was notoriously bad at transcribing people's handwriting into text.
2: Oh, so this is like a real feature functionality. They were roasting a real issue with a real product that was Uh. in the market at that time. See, I I understood this to be that the Newton was a thing, but it was just like not complex at all and they were like making fun of Apple's future thinking bullshit. This was a bullshit, specific you
1: know issue with that specific
2: device. Alright, well that, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Like way more sense. But you know, the fucking
1: BuzzFeed article says that they predicted autocorrect. I mean that's which is just like not at all what was happening no there.
2: totally but if you don't know that which i didn't know that then it makes it look like they're like oh like because every like it's such a ubiquitous thing at this point that your phone fucks up the things you're trying to say to people and you're yeah. like you know you're trying to say something to your mom and you end up texting your dirty words accidentally because your phone autocorrects mm-hmm. it for you or whatever it is sure um but like that's a really ubiquitous thing at this point so it's funny too how i think some of these are and that's why I think this this but whole thing is interesting. Is that's be-
1: not the Simpsons doing anything, right? That's our culture, and that's that's literally the same company just twenty years later.
2: No, absolutely, like, and that's 18 what eighteen years later. Whatever. That's what I mean. Is My that's math why is still bad. Jesus Christ, that <laughs> guy went from bad to worse. Bad to worse. Just we got to stop trying with it. That's that's what we got to do. Several years later. Several years later. A, a, a number. Several years later. A number. Breath and fuckery, <laughs> gang. Breath and fuckery.
1: But that's like you know, Apple was fucking that up then and they're fucking it up now or well, you know, they're pushing the boundaries of what computing can do. Right, right, right. And sometimes it doesn't go as planned.
2: And that's what I was trying to say is I think that's what I find interesting about this topic or this phenomenon is it's this really weird mixture of, there are some for sure oddities, like some like, okay, how did that happen? That's pretty weird. Um, There are some that are just like the generic ones, like, the fucking, the smartwatch concept, which is again, like something that's been around for a long time. And then there are things like this one where with our contemporary technology lens, we look backwards on it and we don't realize that something was the way it was. So we think the joke is about something different than it's about. I think we, we have a tendency
1: now to backing up a step. You know how we always talk about, uh, how, Aliens get credit for anything that primitive or like not even primitive, but just like earlier humans made. Yes. I think we're on a, on a micro scale experiencing the same thing now where we forget that there were computers in the nineties. Sure. And that like Apple existed in the eighties and nineties and they were doing things and like that that's not that long ago. And we weren't that different as, as human beings Right, Right, as much as technology has changed in the last 20 or so years. In some ways it hasn't also. Right. And they're like, oh man, nobody, there weren't, comp- we didn't have personal computers in the, in 93. It's like, yeah, we did.
2: Yeah. They're,
1: and, they're making and Palm pilot still, jokes in
2: 1994.
1: Yeah. We still had the same issues with them then that we do now. Right. And when you get a bunch of smart people together working on jokes all day long, who are probably also up on like technology and current events and pop culture and shit, like that got recorded in that way. Right. You know, they were frustrated with the fucking Apple Palm Pilot that they spent $800 on. Right. In the same way that we're frustrated with our iPhones now in 2019, but that doesn't mean that it was predictive of that. Right. It's just like, we're still on that same path in a lot of ways. Like the Simpsons is still a fucking TV show that's
2: on on Sundays. Right. You know, like not that much has changed in 20 years. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's totally valid. And it's like, I mean... Like, obviously, yes and no is is the answer to that. Like, some stuff has changed drastically, or like what you can do with it. But like, I your point is well taken that they're they're processing the same concepts just at like different scales. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Can we get to one very specific one that I, I find more interesting than most of these? Yes. So, in an episode, uh called Bart to the Future. There were a few of these. uh, Lisa and Bart have visions of the future episodes throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. They, this was, uh, I think it originally aired in 2000. Yeah, 2000. Uh, They predicted a Donald Trump presidency. Yes. Which, uh, it was sort of in passing. I actually... I think we can probably get away with playing a little bit of audio. Uh, let's. See. Don't snitch, guys. Sweet. Excellent. In this episode, uh, Lisa is president, and Bart is a like stoner bum slob, and visiting <laughs> his sister at the White House.
2: I like that. Like all the all the parents who were like, "Don't watch." don't watch The Simpsons because if they watch Bart Simpson as a role model, they're going to turn out to be shitty stoners. And they just owned their own shit, and they were like, yeah, Bart's turned out to be, like, a shitty old stoner. Also, thanks, parents, for just ignoring all the parts where, like,
1: you know, one of those kids goes on to be president. Yeah, 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 totally.
0: As you know, we've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. How bad is it, Secretary Van Houten? We're broke. The country... <laughs> is broke? How can that be? Well, remember when the last administration decided to invest in our nation's children? Big mistake. The ballot-
1: Shots fired. So, not only did they nail, like, President Trump, but also uh President Trump making bad decisions that bankrupt us? Teo. Both uh, literally and metaphorically?
2: Accurate. Mm-hmm. Accurate. So, I also find that one super specific and strange. Do we know, do we know the first year that he publicly or not
1: publicly just that he ran for president?
2: That was the first thing I looked up because when I first saw that clip, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was like, Oh fuck. (laughs) Matt Granig is for sure a time traveler. Matt is a time traveler and he's a dick about it. And he's doing this like, Matt Grannick just for sure knew how to get to the future. Yeah. It's an uh, episode about time travel also, which spooky. Dude, I just got a 500 error on Google. That's like the first time that's ever happened. Oh, shit. I searched for Matt Grannick and no. it said, server error. We're sorry, but it he doesn't exist running. in this timeline. Oh, Matt. <laughs> oh, he ruined it. <laughs> how much chocolate milk have you had today? Did we're, you jump timelines? We're onto him. Oh, my God. Apparently too much. He knows we're onto him. Oh God, what happens if I refresh? Oh God, it worked. Oh, I got really scared, you guys. Um, So Trump ran for president in 2000. God damn! Well, oh, that's less fun. And his announcement saying that he was going to explore or create an exploratory committee uh, to see if he could get elected under the Reform Party Happened on October seventh of nineteen ninety nine. Dad, blame it, boys. So that episode came out in March of two thousand. Six months later, five six months later, six-ish months later. So, so it was probably in the news at the time or close to the time when they were writing and recording that episode. And like, it's it's a ridiculous concept for sure, and it's one that's so far out that it's like, how would they have nailed that? But it's also a very Simpsons thing to do, to take it and be like, oh, that's a funny joke that he's running for president now. Let's just like, LOL, he became president in this future episode we're going to do with Bart. Can I read you a quote
1: from one of the writers of that episode, Dan Greeney? I'd love it if you did. That just seemed like the logical last stop before hitting rock bottom, he said. (laughs) It was pitched because it was consistent with a vision of America going insane. Wow. (laughs) And now here we (sighs) are. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired. But again, I think it comes back to like uh, that writing room nailed that take still. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't know that it was going to become reality. Right. But they were like on top of things enough To at least, like, see that one potential version of things. Yep. Thinking it was, like, out there enough to just be funny. Right. Not anticipating that that was going to be all of our shitty realities 16 years later. Right. But still, just to, like, have that awareness and then to be able to make, like, some pretty on-the-nose jokes about it, too.
2: Totally. I think another great example of what you're talking about is season 20, episode 4 uh, where they address the u s. general election, and Homer is that the
1: one where it switches his vote to uh, from Obama to John McCain? Bra- McCain? okay,
2: they thought, yeah, I mean, they projected that it was going McCain was going to be the candidate. and then Homer goes in to vote for Barack Obama. and every time he he hits the button, wait the, who
1: who was it actually
2: that year was it Romney? Romney? Yeah, okay. so he hits the button for Obama and it says, thank you. One vote for John McCain. And he's like, no, I wanted to vote for Obama. And he hits the button again and he goes, two votes for John McCain. Thank you.
1: It's so he keeps... God damn it. Like, it's funny, but also like, well, now here we are. And also... Here we are with our rigged elections and...
2: And also there's video of a polling machine in Pennsylvania in 2008 that was improperly calibrated. And if you pressed your finger against the Barack Obama spot, it highlighted Mitt Romney... And there's a I, video, cell phone video of a person in a voting booth being like, look, I keep hitting the Barack Obama button. Was it actually racking
1: up multiple votes? Though? No, it was an extra no, funny no, bit. No, 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 okay.
2: no, that is for sure I, an
1: extra funny bit. I've only ever voted in Minnesota where we just have paper.
2: It's part of election laws in individual states. Yeah, no, I know. I just forget about it because that people are using I've machines. never
1: experienced anything else. Yeah.
2: Oh man. I, feel I just like, fill in the little Scantron bubble every year. Right. And they do that so that you can go back through and count the paper with human eyes and hands if you need to. Seems reasonable. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Not just be like, ah, there's bits and bites in there. We'll just uh, <laughs> sort them all out and everything's going to be fine. Odds and sods. Odds and sods and bits and bites. Mm. But that's another one where it's like, did they know there was going to be faulty voting machines in 2008? No. It's a Could treehouse. Could you predict
1: that the Republicans would maybe try and rig some elections? <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: <laughs> it's uh it's it's one of those like they nailed the specificity of it even though it's not necessarily a prediction per se. I mean, for what it's worth, it is well, that, a tree house of horror episode. So it's like meant to be a dystopian, you know, fucked up world. None of these things are, were meant as predictions. That's no. the, that's
1: the other side of all of this is like, we're looking at them with hindsight and calling them predictions, but all of them were just, you know, they're 10,000 jokes for every one of these that didn't turn out to be anything real. Totally. But, totally. Uh, One that was actually meant as a prediction was the Super Bowl in 1992 in an episode about sports betting. Sick. uh, Homer finds out he starts watching football games with Lisa as like an excuse to pretend like he's spending time with his daughter, (laughs) but he's just sitting silently next to her on the couch. Of course. Of course. And before the games, he calls in bets to Mo, who is also his bookie. Phenomenal. And he finds out throughout the course of the season that Lisa is like a sports betting savant. And she nails every football game all year long. And Lisa finds out throughout the course of the episode that Homer is not actually trying to spend time with her. He's just trying to make money off of her. And gets sad and hates Homer. Of course. It's one of those episodes. Um, And the episode ends with Homer asking Lisa... Who's going to win the Super Bowl? And she says, Well, I think it's going to be, uh, uh, shoot. It was Super Bowl, let's see, 26 in 1992. I think it was Washington and New York, Giants. I don't know. I think that's right. Uh, and she goes, Well, I would bet everything on Washington. But That might be my heart being so mad at you that I want you to lose all your money Uh, and telling you the wrong thing. (laughs) So if you think I still love you, you should bet on Washington. But if you don't, you should bet on New York. Damn.
2: So vicious.
1: (laughs) And it turns out that Washington won the Super Bowl in 1992. Yeah. Right? Sounds crazy. Headline, Simpsons predicted Super Bowl winner. Right. That episode aired the week between the Super Bowl and the last week of the playoffs. So there were, it was
2: already down to those two teams. So it was a coin flip. And she kind of said both. Oh, right. Cause it's like she doesn't love him or she does love him. And she, yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: outcome in the episode is that Washington wins and oh, that, right. that she still loves him. And then Washington won a week later. But you had a 50 50 shot. Right. 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 Like, also, I rewatched that episode just to see if there were any other weird little angles to it. Yeah. Super Bowl twenty six takes place in the Metrodome in Minneapolis, and the halftime yeah. show is a UFO landing at uh, the 50-yard line and a bunch <sighs> of little aliens coming out and doing a song and dance number. Oh, sick. Right? Has
2: nothing to do with anything else. It's just just a thing. Yep aliens I, landing in in the metrodome i was hoping you were going to say and prince got out of the ufo and sang a song that would have been a
1: good bit but it was just aliens <laughs> damn it <laughs> i think that was cuz wasn't uh wasn't the the metrodome super bowl the last one before they started going to like having big time acts play halftime wasn't yeah. that the one where they had like a kids marching band and it was a disaster and then the next year they booked michael jackson or something
2: um I thought the. Wasn't, I,
1: thought, I thought we got the last like, old school halftime show. I thought it I, wasn't ninety two though. It was actually here in like eighty nine or something.
2: I thought there was. Wasn't it like, Gloria Estefan or something like that? When it was in Minneapolis,
1: or you're saying the first like big act to play the halftime show?
2: Uh, I thought it was in Minneapolis. Um.
1: while you're looking that up slightly more interesting yes they did versions of this the next two years in 93 and 94 and both times also predicted the correct Super Bowl winner
2: okay so that one is the one because I heard this that what they did was they did everything about the episode and then once the playoffs were finished they dubbed in the names of the two teams
1: yeah but I think they still got the winner correct. Again, no, I It was know. only
2: a 50-50 shot. I know, but I'm just saying three years in a row, they were. it got down to two. They dubbed in the two teams, and they got it right three years in a row. Yeah. So at least now we're
1: down to like a 12% chance instead of a 50, but that's still one out of every 10 times. It's
2: It's still impressive in its own right. Sort of. At, or it's just, you know,
1: probability when you do 30-some seasons of a show. What do you mean? I mean, a one in 10 chance happens all the time. Sure. It's not, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. 101 in 10 chances have happened to you already today. You know? Right, 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 right. Things are, we live in a large, possibly infinite universe. Things with small probabilities happen constantly.
2: That's true. That is true. And that is, that is I think, a big part of this whole thing, is there is a lot of just coincidence to it that feels with the volume of episodes like there are these very clear and hard patterns um but i feel like it it nets out to being a lot more just like we project these lenses onto it because of the volume of cultural references and to your point how many jokes and references and things are made in the simpsons that never turn out to be real the other 999 percent yeah. exactly There is one that I find interesting, and I think this might be a good one to close on. Unless you have any other ones you want to talk about, go ahead. I have one more, like general point about all this I want to make. Okay, tight. Um, I just meant, uh, I just meant, like instance to to close on. Um, So in season eight, uh, it's episode one of season eight. It came out in nineteen ninety eight, and the episode is called "The Wizard of Evergreen Terrace." Wait, sorry, what season and episode? Uh season eight, episode one. Got it. And nineteen ninety eight. Yep. The, so the show started in eighty nine? Is that right? Like fall of eighty nine? I think that's right. Because okay. it was before ninety, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> well, if season eight was ninety eight, it probably started fall of eighty nine. Is all I'm saying. Oh, you Because they were doing actually the doing one a year back then and it ran in the fall. Uh whatever. It doesn't that's I do want to check really, really quick though, because well, so that would put us on season 31. The right very now, first right?
2: episode came out on December 17th of 1989. So one episode came okay. out, the The season premiere came out in 89. And then everything and else. On
1: season 31? 30?
2: I thought it was 33. They do two seasons 32? in a year a couple times? Maybe. Whatever. I don't know. Um. But in this episode, in 1998, uh, Homer becomes an inventor. And in the course of him being an inventor, uh, he is shown in front of a blackboard doing blackboard calculations. I remember this episode. And according to Simon Singh... Who received his Ph.D. in particle physics from the University of Cambridge? Seems pretty legit. Doctor Singh says that the equation on the blackboard predicts the mass of the Higgs boson particle. It was the first. It was first predicted in 1964 by Professor Peter Higgs and five other physicists, but it wasn't until 2013 that scientists discovered proof of the Higgs boson. In their $13 billion experiment, which we know as the loop. The loop-de-loop. That just seems like a smart math joke to me, though. So, Simon Singh wrote a book about this and many other concepts, which is called The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets. Mm. And I want to read you the description of the book really quick. Okay. It says... You may have watched hundreds of episodes of The Simpsons and its sister show, Futurama, without ever realizing that cleverly embedded in many plots are subtle references to mathematics. Hell yeah. Ranging from well-known equations to cutting-edge theorems and conjectures. That they exist, Simon Singh reveals, underscores the brilliance of the show's writers, many of whom have advanced degrees in mathematics in addition to their unparalleled sense of humor. They have had over the years, like many Harvard and other Ivy league
1: educated folks writing on that show. Totally.
2: While recounting memorable episodes such as Bart, the genius and Homer with, with a three Homer three, uh, Sing weaves in mathematical stories that explore everything from P to Mersenne Primes, Euler's equation to the unsolved riddle of PVNP, from perfect numbers to narcissistic numbers, infinity to even bigger infinities, and much more. Along the way, Sing meets members of the Simpsons' brilliant writing team, among them David, Co- David X. Cohen... Al Jean, Jeff Westbrook, and Mike Rice, whose love of arcane mathematics becomes clear as they reveal the stories behind the episodes. With wit and clarity displaying a true fan zeal and replete with images from the show, photographs of the writers, and diagrams and proofs, The Simpsons and their mathematical secrets offers an entirely new insight into the most successful show in television history. I think this is
1: such a dang neat show. Now- I mean, you could just put that on the back, right? What? Oh, I think this is yes.
2: such a dang neat show. Accurate description. Now, I, first of all, I didn't know that, that there was that smart pe- that smart of people and people who had mathematical.
1: They got that smart people on
2: that show. You got that smart people? <laughs> That's cool. Can I borrow a smart people? Yeah, we could use a couple of those. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so I didn't know that that was who was making the show. Yeah, And it makes a lot of sense with, like, there's another one that I'm not going to get into, but there's an episode where uh, they, on a, uh, on a betting sheet for, Lisa and her friends had a pool for who was going to win the Nobel Prize in economics, and they circled one person on the sheet, but the next year, the guy who got it was in the box to the right of who was circled on the sheet on the show. As in... It was like... Five or six years later, wasn't it? Or Yes, yeah. in, in the near future, I guess. Just point being like... They're, they're aware of who's doing work in
1: a lot of different parts
2: of Yeah, who's academia. worthy of winning Nobel Prizes in economics. Like, Within the next five to ten years, yeah. Right. It's a, it's a world of intelligence that I do think leads other people to believe the possibility of prediction.
1: I think it's more along the lines of if you get a bunch of really smart people together... Who also have varied backgrounds. It's not, they're not all smart in the same way. Yes. Some of them are smart in a math and science and social sciences way. Right. Some of them are smart in an academic way. Some of them are, well, all of them are smart in a comedy and writing way. Right. There's so much pop culture in that show. Like when you get all of those people together, all focusing on one thing, I think some of this stuff just comes out in a way that no individual person would probably come up with. So when you're looking at it from the perspective of, well, I couldn't come up with that or I didn't come up with that. No one person did individually either. It's, it's a group of very intelligent people working together over a long period of time in a way that like a writer's room is also a very unique setting just in terms of the type of, thinking that comes out of it right that's not a that's not a position that we put ourselves in in day-to-day life
2: no yeah absolutely not
1: it's a it's a weird um it's sort of a unique situation of like you have a a bunch of very smart people working on one thing right but in a way they're also like i don't want to say no stakes but the stakes are very different than any other situation where you would have that type like that caliber of thought happening in a group setting.
2: I think totally. I think what you mean like by what's it, at stake is making a funny script. Totally. I think what you mean by there are no stakes is like there's no right answer. The only right, right answer is that it's funny. Yeah. So it's a bunch of smart people who are really used to like creative problem solving and like logic and reason and structure and all that stuff. But also free to think completely creatively exactly. and like
1: put any idea out there. Exactly. And, and there's no, no box. One's, no one's going to die or no one's funding is going to go away right. or no one, you know, like especially on a show like the Simpsons, right? People's jobs aren't even really at stake in the same way that they would be on other TV shows. Right. Cause if, the you're the Simpsons, on, you if you're writing on, if you're writing on season 12 of the Simpsons, is there better job security in television?
2: Right. And and even if you get kicked off that show, you have an offer for probably 14 shows to write on after that.
1: So I'm just thinking about like
2: the way that
1: people's brains would get to work and work collaboratively in that setting right. is probably pretty unique. Absolutely. Even within TV, but just like in the world in general too. Absolutely. And the type of people that they have historically had working on that show too not knowing too much about tv and tv writing seems sort of unique too totally 100 percent. i don't know I, i i think you can you could probably find some like pretty big societal accurate societal trends just by getting all those people in a room talking to each other 10
2: hours a day for years at a time and i Absolutely. And I think that that to me is the more interesting outcome. Yeah. It's not that Groening, Groening paranormal is normal or magical about it. Yeah. Mag is so fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And that's why I really wanted to talk about it is because I feel like the, the culmination of this, uh, this like legend is the genius of the show. It's, it's right. that the show is, in fact, genius because it is literally made by many geniuses, by doctors and mathematicians and comedians and economists and sports writers and people from all these different backgrounds and you're right when they when you put that many smart people in a room together and have them do things like well we've got to predict who's going to win the super bowl like you know those guys aren't just being like let's pick a random team like they're probably going into vegas and they're looking at like all kinds of things or studying conditions like they're doing that type of thing to make this to make these stories more interesting and more funny because that's the entire point of the whole exercise yeah and to they- me that's a far more interesting outcome than it's that it is uh, it is the creativity and the intelligence of the group that tricked the universe into thinking that they could predict the future. Can't close on
1: one thing that might be uh, slightly outside the realm of normal. Let's do it. Okay. There's a. Uh, there are many articles and listicles about this, but there's a, a pretty thorough New York Times article um, about this whole topic. And what's it called? Uh,
2: Shot them out. You know. Talk to the people. i don't know you can google Google it while i read this quote simpsons future it'll come up (laughs) um
1: they talked to dr bernard beltman who wrote a book called connecting with confidence and he puts forward the idea of what he calls the psychosphere um, or our like collective group mind and the quote from him in the article is under the right conditions, we can know things that we don't know we know, and we can sometimes predict events or attract what we are thinking.
2: Whoa! That's coming
1: a- coming from uh, chairman of the psychiatry department at the University of Missouri. So a guy who knows some things about how our brains work.
2: Who knows some things about some things. I just love that
1: idea of like, you get enough smart people together who are tuned into what's going on in the world and they can not only like maybe quote unquote predict some things or come into some knowledge that they didn't know that they had individually, but maybe like even potentially make some of those things into a reality. Which I think makes even more sense when you put it in the context of one of the most successful TV shows, maybe the most successful TV show of all time. It's like, not only are they getting together and having these thoughts and writing them down, but millions of people are then exposed to it every
2: week. Right. So they're putting that idea out at a scale that is greater than maybe literally anything else. Yeah. It's the biggest megaphone in the world by purveying these ideas. Right. Read the first
1: quote one more time. Even just mentioning something like, I know it was already in the news at the time, but mentioning like haha Trump president. Now right. that's a thing that however many millions of people have heard.
2: And have and thought and have
1: it is just in the universe in whatever way now. Right. And it's impossible to track the effect of something like that. Right. Maybe that does make it Half a percent more palatable the next time when he actually does run because we've just heard it before.
2: Right. right? It's like that one Simpson episode where he ran. Well, maybe it's a sign you should vote. You know, not, like, I'm not
1: even saying on a conscious level like that, but maybe sure. it's just like 1% less shocking the next time you hear it. Right. Or, and then 16 years later, that little ripple effect is enough to sway an election that was incredibly close, slash, he lost. Or,
2: <laughs> true. Uh, or, Or how could it potentially have an impact on an individual? Yeah, exactly. And there's no way to,
1: we don't have a way to measure any of that.
2: How did, how did it hit him? You know, as somebody who we know is like uh, vindictive in a variety of ways, did did the concept hit him? And they said he made, he made America poor and he, and in his mind, he set to like, no, you know what? Simpsons made fun of me. Fuck that. One of these days I'm going to fucking do it. Right. Tell my haters. Tell my haters. (laughs)
1: Uh, the quote was: "Under the right conditions, we can know things that we don't know we know, and we can sometimes predict events or attract what we are thinking." So I think the second half of that is: I want to
2: read like that book. I don't sub- know what book that is. The, the
1: book is called "Connecting with Con- uh, Connecting with Coincidence" by Bernard. I think I may Beatman B E I T M A N. Bite Biteman 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 Eat Pant. Eat pant. <laughs> It's my favorite I don't know if it's even a meme But it's my favorite like image on the entire internet Do you know what I'm referencing with that? I life?
2: feel like I'm familiar with it, but I don't know if I've seen it It's like a bootleg uh, Store,
1: like grocery store mm-hmm. Brand birthday cake And it's got just this horribly drawn Bart Simpson on it And it says eat <laughs> oh, pant <yeah. laughs> Instead of eat my shorts Oh
2: man, <laughs> I got another server error from Google, dude what the hell? We're going down, man. Is, is my internet goofing? No, because the weird part is Google is still showing up. But oh yeah, eat pants. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do we know
1: who owns oh that image? Can God. I just put that image, like cake and all, on a on a shirt and put it in our store?
2: Uh, it appears someone already has, so I think you're probably uh, you're probably within your rights. Man,
1: fucking fantastic. Speaking of, we just put a new hat in the store. If oh. you wanna, if you want a sweet new dad hat with the what if logo on it. Go to whatifpodcast.com and cop yourself one.
2: Guys, I'm wearing it right now. Ryan it's, is wearing one right it's now. It's so vicious. It's, it's, it's very so vicious. very
1: vicious. Uh, uh, if you also want to get sh- tickets to our show in Los Angeles oh, shit. on October 30th, you can go to whatifpodcast.com slash LA and get yourself one of those. Do
2: it. Come see us. We want to see your Freddy faces. Um.
1: We have a very special episode for you next week. Oh, Jesus. We're going to be playing the Tingleverse, the official Chuck Tingle role-playing game. You guys, I'm going to be a,
2: a bad boy unicorn. It's going to be so <laughs>
1: sick. Uh, we might have a, a guest or two with us. I'm designing a sick adventure for us through the Billings, Montana Tingleverse. Oh, my God. It's going to be a good time.
2: It's going to get so real. And then I'm going to get married and then I'll see you guys after that. Sick. Yeah. We may have a few guests
1: here and on the Patreon for the next couple of weeks. Cause Brian's got some business to I handle. Got
2: some Life shits. I take care of. Hey, thank you all for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we love you all so much. Go hit us up on socials. It's at What If Pod. Thank you all for the nice iTunes reviews you've been leaving. Uh, I like what you got. We love what you got. Go ahead and leave us those if you feel like it. Um, shit, what else? I think uh, that's it. I don't know anything else. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.